not that mic. Ah, that's good. Murphy's Law. Our text is verse 14. You are the light of the world. Our theme this morning. We are going to be uh, looking this morning at this beautiful passage from Matthew chapter 5. And as God uh, grants us his word today, this last Sunday of 2015, it's, it's nice to hear too, just that very familiar passage, the, the, the Beatitudes, how Jesus speaks into our lives those beautiful words of blessing. Blessed are the meek. Blessed are those who are merciful. Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the peacemakers. And so, so in that blessing, we are, we are light. And just to bring that together as we close off the year. This passage is Jesus speaking to his disciples. It says in verse 1, the great crowds were there, and then he drew back on a mountainside, and then he's speaking most specifically to his disciples, the 12. There were probably even up to about 100 who were kind of the closer group. And so he is speaking to them, talking about his coming into the world, why he is there, and he uses the picture of light, the image of light, something that they would know and understand. And around the Christmas season, we've been, we've been talking too about light and, and with the candles and, and with John 1, Jesus, the light coming into the darkness. So it's, it's good just to think about what Jesus means here, what he is saying to his disciples when he says, you are the light of the world. When he says that, and we read that here today, you and I, we might think of this. If Jesus says, I am the light of the world, this is the biggest light bulb I could find. This is from the greenhouse south of town here. When Paul was doing his summer job there one year, he was helping out, and they were switching out, so this one burned out. But this is a 400-watt greenhouse light bulb, and that'll put out a lot of light. So if Jesus says, I am the light of the world, and I'm thinking, yes, wow, right? This is what we have. Jesus bright, shining everywhere. The biggest, strongest light you could imagine. But that's not what he means. When we, when we think about all of this light stuff, when we talk about it and when, when we read about it in the Bible, then, then we, have, we have in mind too, oh, Jesus is a light, we just, we just turn the lights off, turn them on. Jesus is talking about light and, and we, we have light and we, we have enough light to see everywhere and we, we are really just very comfortable with light like this. But they didn't have that, of course. And when Jesus talks about light, he's talking about something very different. He's, he's talking about not an instant, abundant kind of thing. We are very blessed to have light like this. Absolutely. But that's not what he has in mind. Also, the candles. We lit the candles again, and beautiful to have the candles. We had candlelight service. There were candles in Jesus' day, 
but very limited. It wasn't very common at all. And so those who were fairly well off could get candles. The candles were not candles like our candles. They were, they were made differently and they burned uh, poorly generally and, and they also uh, gave off, uh, they, they didn't, didn't smell very nice supposedly too. So it wasn't, it wasn't hugely common. So when we're thinking of light and we're thinking of, of what Jesus means, he's not thinking of candles. What he's thinking of, what he means And I brought some along here. He is referring to these little oil lamps. And you can barely see them. So I put this background on them. And these are, there's one pictured there so you can even see it a little better. And it's just a little clay lamp with a little oil in it, a little olive oil, regular olive oil. And I've even doubled up the wick. Paul and I, we, we practice with these a little bit to try and get the light a little bigger. But really, this one you notice is smoking now. It's, it's too big. You can't really make them that big. They're small. Can you see them? You can see them, right? This is an olive oil lamp that they had and that Jesus would have pointed to when he said, I am the light of the world. Oh, we didn't have that in mind. That's that's pretty small. That's, That's not really really what I was thinking of. The olive oil uh, restricts the, uh, the amount of, of, of light that, that can be used. The, the, the olive oil was, was from that day. You read in the Bible a lot about the olive trees and there was a, a good supply of it and the oil will burn, but this was the general light that Jesus is referring to when he talks about, I am the light of the world. If you made a bigger one, there are hardly, there are no bigger ones because, because it'll really start to smoke and it, it won't, it, it, doesn't, it doesn't work. And, and to, to use it, it was very handy. They had the oil available. For the wick, they just used a, a little some some cloth from an old piece of cloth that they had just to lay it in there, some cotton cloth, and then the oil moves up the cloth. And then really, the this can burn for about two hours just with a little bit of oil in there. And it just slowly wicks up, and the wick stays pretty much. And, and there you have your light. Just a very small, small lamp. You could cradle it in your hand to carry it. Most generally, it was placed just uh, in, in corners around the house to bring some light. Push back the dark a little bit. It wasn't huge. It wasn't overwhelming. It was small. 
The Bible talks about the oil and the lamps in various places. Exodus 27, it begins, it talks about bringing oil to the, the priests so they could light the lights in the tabernacle and in the temple. In Numbers chapter 8, it talks about setting seven lamps in front of the lampstand. So they had the menorah, the lampstand, that lit up the tabernacle and in the temple. But then they had an extra seven lights just down in front, just because it wasn't a lot of light, really. The most common, we know Psalm 119, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light on my path. And you're thinking, oh, a big flashlight. And, well, no, it was, it was this. And walking carefully. And Proverbs 6, your parents' teaching is like a light to show you the right way. And again, are they, are they poor? Are you, are you are pure? Are your parents bright and, and huge light? No, we try as parents to do our best. But, but it's often just a small light. We're just, we're just trying our best. And Matthew 25, where it speaks, Jesus speaks about the ten bridesmaids who brought their lamps and waited for the bridegroom to come, and they ran out of oil, and so you do need to add some oil after a while, or the light will run out. So if this is what Jesus means, and it is what he means, then what, what is he saying, really? What did people understand when Jesus says, I am the light of the world? Were they thinking, this is what they were thinking? So what does that mean? That it's just a small light, even here on the picture, just a small light in a dark place. Well, first of all, Jesus is the light of the world is, is a statement that highlights the reality of the lack of light and, and really of the darkness. And so if, for example, you are in a dark place, if you are out on a dark night, if you are in a cave, and, and sometimes too, they, they, people who go into caves and then they just have a small light and, and it makes a huge difference. The darkness presses in and even if you have a small light, it's, it's completely different. It's huge. It's amazing. So part of the sense that it's a, it's a small light is, is the reality of the darkness. And in the darkness, yeah, we, we, are, we are living, we are surrounded by the darkness. And Jesus comes, even, even if it's pictured as a small light, it's very significant. It's, it's completely it's transforming. It, it's the sense of, of conversion. If, if someone who doesn't know Jesus hears the gospel, it's like, it's like their eyes are open. Oh, they're, they're, they have been stumbling around in the darkness. They have been bumping into things and, and hurting themselves and hurting others and, and they don't know how to live or, or how life is supposed to be. And then, and then they see the light. 
And then their whole, why am I here? Well, God put me here. What am I supposed to do? Well, I'm supposed to love my neighbor. And their whole life changes. And they're not walking in the darkness. They are walking in the light. And so that picture of of having Jesus as the light, being led by his light, not, not stumbling about in the darkness, hurting ourselves and others, is the initial picture of Jesus as the light. I am the light of the world. No longer walking in darkness, but walking in the light. And there's still things that are, that are going to be a little bit unclear. It's not that we see everything now. And some people, too, who come to faith think, too, now everything is going to be perfect and fine in every way. Well, no. We're still, we're following Jesus. We we are walking in the light. We still don't understand why everything happens or how exactly everything is going to go. But the light, as we follow the light, as we hold the light, Jesus leads us. So all of that is beautifully pictured in Jesus. The light does fill the whole house. Verse 15, people have the light And it gives light to everyone in the house. It does fill our space, fill our living, give us that assurance. Jesus with us, giving us life and hope and comfort. The second thing in relation to the light is that the light has to be on a stand. That's why I put it up on here too. And it says in Matthew 5, Jesus says, people don't put the light under a bowl, they put it on a stand and they, they lift it up, lift it up a little higher so that it's a little clearer. And so if you have a light like this, you have to make sure it's lifted up. So thinking about a light like this, you and I have to think, how am I lifting up? the name of Jesus. And so that's a real challenge for us. How am I doing that? We need, just to put a little different language, we need to place Jesus a little higher in our lives. Think about that. To make our faith, to make Jesus a little more priority in our planning, in our day, in our living. It's a a small light. Not like it's just going to take care of itself. It's not like everybody's blinded by it. No, it's it's there and it's, it's light in the dark. Absolutely. But we need to lift it up. That's what we need to do. And we need to make it that priority in our lives, in our words, in our deeds, to actually speak of our faith during the week. How do we do that? How often do we do that? In our homes, with our our words, to, to offer in prayer our thanks to God, to to lift up the light. And then secondly, in relation to the Beatitudes themselves. This, this declaration by Jesus that he is the light uh, and, and that we, we are the light is, is in relation to the Beatitudes. So our attitude 
our actions that we would be meek. What is that? Meek. Blessed are the meek. That we would be humbly serving our God. That's lifting up. That instead of I'm off doing stuff by myself, no, I'm, I'm self-sacrificially taking the time to help serve at the Christmas dinner Christmas morning. That's a meek ministry lifting up the light. Merciful. Blessed are the merciful. We, we seek to do that through our deacons, the ministry of mercy, and as a church, helping where we can. To do that is to lift up the light. Blessed are the pure in heart. That, that our, our intention in the day, Lord, help me to live for you in this day, purely and sincerely. And, and though we can't do that perfectly, that, that our goal, our direction is, is to serve our Lord every day. Blessed are the pure in heart. Blessed are the peacemakers. Things are, things are going wrong. There's conflict at work or in the home or in the church. What are you doing? You come alongside. You try to restore people. You try to bring peace in broken situations. You try to build up what's been broken down between people, between young and old, between people who see things a little differently Jesus is the Prince of Peace. As, as we live out those things, we lift up the light and Jesus becomes visible. The church itself is a lampstand. We have it here. We gather here. We seek to witness the love of Jesus. So, that's a real challenge. If you think the light is huge and it'll just, it'll just cover everything, well, no. The light is smaller. It's strong, it's pure, it's true. And we are called to lift it up. That's a different picture. That's a real challenge that Jesus lays before his disciples and lays before us. Have I made Jesus more visible in how I have lived this past year, in what I do and in what I say. Otherwise, that, that picture of under a bowl, a small light under a bowl or under Jackson's shirt, not going to do much. How are we living? How are we living out the light? So that, that perspective. And finally... Finally, Matthew 5, 14, in, in Jesus being the light and, and calling us to be salt and light, to be light, he says, you are the light of the world. And Harriet was good here. Harriet, this little light of mine, absolutely. This little light of mine. But when it says here in Matthew 5, 14, Jesus says, you are the light of the world. It's, it's a little idiosyncrasy in, in our language. That's different in the language, the Greek language. And so when Jesus says, you are the light of the world, he's not pointing like individually, like Lorraine. Lorraine, you are the light of the world. It's not what he's saying. You are, as you live it. But that's not what he's saying. He's saying, he's saying, you on this side, or you, 
You plural. That's what he's saying. It's not you singular. In English, you can have you singular individuals. Oh, I better make sure my light is shining okay. But what he's actually saying here is you together are the light of the world. And I can imagine that as Jesus is saying this, not out on the hillside probably, they didn't have the lamps going, but when, when he is with his disciples in a home and they are sitting together and he's teaching them and then, and this style of lamp really works nicely this way. You together are the light of the world. And when you put these little lights together, then, look at that. That's way bigger. And so Jesus would say, you are the light of the world together. When you together follow me, when you work together to follow me, when you as a church serve me together, then the light is shining. Because Satan tries to divide us up and to keep our light small. But look at that. That's bigger than the candle already. Jesus says, you are the light of the world. And this is what he has in mind. So you better get along with your neighbor. You better work with each other. You're not over here thinking, my light is so great and yours is no good. Well, together, our light will be huge for the Lord. And so they would sit together and Jesus would show them this and they would sit around and look at that and think, yes, Lord. Help us to work together. Help us to show our faith together that we would be serving you together. And you see that in, in ministry itself as a church too. We, we do our circle of friends. Yeah, you can't do it by yourself. You have to feed people every week. Doesn't work. We need to have six cooking teams. We could use more. We, we together can do it. If people pull back, we won't be able to do it anymore. If we lose one or two teams, we probably won't be able to do it anymore. Because, because if we work together at it, then, then the light shines and people come and are encouraged and otherwise it's too much for us. Also, we have our offering this morning for diaconal ministries. Our deacons do wonderful work. And we're going to have an offering for Diaconal Ministries Canada. What's that? That's all the deacons from all the churches and all the money comes together. And we cover and support hundreds of projects where people go out, deacons go out and help the needy and the lost and the hurting in the name of Jesus. And if I asked you as a church to cover all of that, you couldn't do it. But together, together, the light shines. So our focus is to come together in Christ. He is the light, and as we come together, He is the light at the center, and we shine for Him. That's our challenge again this morning, too. As we have Christmas, Jesus is the light. Yes. 
His light shines in us, yes. And now we together as a church, faithful to Him, serving one another, also encouraging one another as we go forward in faith, appreciating each other, helping each other, using our gifts, serving our God. Then we shine, shine for Jesus. Let's pray together. Lord Jesus, we thank you. We thank you for reminding us indeed that you are the light, the wonderful light who pushes back the darkness. We thank you too that in each of us personally, you are working and help each of us personally to consider your work and your will in our lives that we would shine for you and especially, Lord, that we would also work together, come together in faith, see all that you have done and together serve you. We thank you for this church, this Bethel Christian Reformed Church, where people do give of themselves so wonderfully and ministry is possible in so many ways. As we do work together, we pray for your continued blessing on that. And as we humbly, meekly, thankfully serve you, Lord, we ask that you would make us shine to your honor and glory. In your name we pray. Amen. We're going to sing as a song of response, Shine, Jesus, Shine, and a beautiful song of praise.